I'm hopeful that times like these will bring out the best in people like you and people like me and give us a more broad perspective in terms of what's possible for the way that our societies are handled. I'm Luke Story. For the past 22 years, I've been relentlessly committed to my deepest passion, designing the ultimate lifestyle based on the most powerful principles of spirituality, health, psychology, and personal development. The Lifestylist Podcast is a show dedicated to sharing my discoveries and the experts behind them with you. sponsor for this show is ComradeSocks.com. Comrade Socks was created to provide a simple way to feel better and energized every day. Now, they're not your average socks. These guys spent two years developing smart socks with all-day comfort, style, and certified health benefits. And these things save my life on road trips, air travel, walking the dog, sitting around recording podcasts, and especially when I do public speaking and I have to be on my feet for a long time. They're designed for everyday wear, so they're the world's most comfortable compression socks. They have a padded toe and a heel cushion and something called Slide Free that keeps your socks in place all day so they don't slip around and droop and all that weird stuff that socks tend to do. So the Comrade Companion socks are really good for preventing swelling and just being more comfortable when you live and travel. Also, they also speed up muscle recovery after workouts And they come in a range of colors and styles that have a really great look. And as someone who used to work in fashion, like I'm not trying to wear some like medical grade looking socks or something super sporty. I'm not a sporty guy, you know, I kind of like used to play in a band. I want something with a little flash and uh, Comrade Socks provides that. So they're functional. They give the medicinal benefit of a classical compression sock, but they look really cool. No one will even know that you're helping your health and looking dope at the same time. So if you want to do all of the above, it's super easy. Here's what you do. Get over to comradesocks.com forward slash Luke. That's C-O-M-A-R-D socks, comradesocks.com forward slash Luke. If you want to save 20% off, why not? Save some cash. Use the code Luke at checkout over at comradesocks.com forward slash Luke, and you're going to get hooked up and to save your feet maybe for the rest of your life you're definitely going to make travel and living suck a lot less with comradesocks.com forward slash loop one of the coolest things about my job as the host of the lifestylist podcast is always being on the cutting edge and not only finding out the best products when it comes to health but the best companies that are making those products now i'm someone that's been into bee products for a really long time and if you heard episode 175 with carly stein You got to hear me totally geek out on my obsession with bees and bee products. If you haven't heard that one, by the way, go back and check it out. That's 175. But what I didn't know about bee products is A, how many different products bees actually make in a hive, what their different uses are in terms of health support, and also that there are just a lot of companies that are making products that are very inferior. Either they're weak or they're not tested for pesticides and things like that. So the whole like bee product game, I thought I was pretty on top of and I got schooled in that episode and now I'm going back and kind of re-educating myself and I'm using all of the products from Beekeepers Naturals. So they've got a few that I'm really into. There's the Propolis, 
which is kind of like the medicine of the hive. Then you've got, of course, the bee pollen, which is the food. That's the protein. It's actually the highest protein food on the planet. And it's also got free-forming amino acids. So it's great for pre-workout, for muscle recovery. And then, of course, the raw honey, which is amazing. And I thought I knew something about honey. It's got live enzymes. You know, if you take a little bit before you go to bed, it helps you sleep. There's some things like that. But it turns out Honey is a legit superfood if you get it from the right company. It's full of antioxidants and it's just insanely powerful. Then you've got royal jelly. Now, royal jelly is the chronic stuff. That's the food that's exclusively made for the queen bee. So the queen bee lives about 40 times longer than the average worker bee. So put the math together there and you'll know that royal jelly is some badass stuff. And if you want to try all of these products that the bees make in one, I'm going to recommend Bee Powered by Beekeepers Naturals. That's one of my favorites. Now, honestly, I go through it a little too fast. It comes in a jar and I just like pound that stuff. I probably weigh OD on it. You don't need to do it like I do it. You can savor it and make it last. That's an amazing product and a really great way for you to get an introduction into all of the bee products in one jar. So go to beekeepersnaturals.com. Use the code LIFESTYLIST and save 15%. That's beekeepersnaturals.com and the code is LIFESTYLIST. Welcome to episode 270 of the LIFESTYLIST podcast. My name is Luke Story and this is my take on the current events we're facing in the world today. But before we get into that, I want to take a moment to invite you to get back to the show this Tuesday for Mind Matters. How to Build a Better Brain with Drs. David and Austin Perlmutter. And uh, that episode is going to be a doozy. I'm really excited to put that one out. I think it's the first time I've ever interviewed a father and son duo, if I'm not mistaken. And of course, uh, Dr. Perlmutter is a world-renowned physician as well as author. And uh, we talk about some really cutting-edge brain stuff. So make sure you subscribe to the show so that you catch that episode coming Tuesday and every episode to follow. Now, today's show is going to be super abundant in links and recommendations, and it's going to have incredibly detailed show notes. And for this reason, I highly recommend that you join my email list. And I'm talking to you guys on Instagram too, because I'm live streaming this, of course, like I always do. If you followed me on Instagram, at Luke Story, you could be watching this live as I record it in all its raw glory. To get on the newsletter, visit lukestory.com forward slash newsletter or text the word lifestylist to the number 44222 on any U.S. phone. Now, what happens when you get on the email list is each week you'll get an email announcing the release of a podcast complete with all of the show notes and links delivered right to your inbox. So everything we talk about today could have already been in your inbox upon the release of this episode. Now, today I did something special, which I don't normally do. I created a unique URL for this show because I think there's a lot of uh, resources in here that could be useful in this uh, confusing, (laughs) baffling time we find ourselves in. So you can find the show notes and a complete transcript for this episode at lukestory.com forward slash corona. That's lukestory.com forward slash corona. What you will not find there is beer. On today's solo show, I'm going to discuss uh, the current stay-at-home order issued by the city of Los Angeles and how I'm personally dealing with it, as well as the coronavirus pandemic from a health and societal perspective. 
Next, I will explore some of my health practices to prevent illness of any kind, and then I'll take us into some spiritual and mindset exercises to help us thrive in this most challenging time. So make sure to listen through to the end, and I'm going to do my best to provide some hope and practical advice on how to manage the anxiety and the existential discontent many of us currently face. I'm going to give you kind of the bad news and then the good news uh, to, to, to make it uh, succinct. Now, before we begin, the following disclaimer is definitely in order. I don't understand the nature of viruses nor the complete statistics of this one to comment on the health implications of COVID-19, nor do I purport to understand the complexities of the world's medical systems or how the governments are best to respond to actual disasters. Uh, In addition to the suffering caused by the illness itself, I think the really most challenging and distinct aspect of this scenario will be the financial fallout and the possibly catastrophic effect on the global economy. So I intend to explore the issues at hand with compassion for those who've been negatively impacted and to shed some light on the more curious circumstances surrounding this pandemic and, of course, the reaction to it by the media. Now, there's mounting evidence, even by some mainstream news outlets, shockingly, to support the idea that this could be a man-made bioweapon. Some claim the deployment of 5G cell networks has made the impact of the virus worse, or as some people have even suggested, uh, caused it. So in the show notes, I'm going to provide links to a few of the 5G slash Wuhan videos for you to explore. To say they are compelling would be an understatement. Now, of course, none of us really know what's going on. We just, you know, we take in what we hear. We try to have discernment and, uh, you know, take things with a grain of salt. And I'm going to explore a lot of the different takes uh, that the media has been given to this situation. And uh, we'll just have to kind of meander our way through it and try and separate the wheat from the shaft, so to speak. It's interesting to see the map of the coronavirus outbreak as it compares to the rollout of 5G, though, in some of these locations, which are most impacted, specifically Wuhan, China, which was one of the first cities in the world to fully deploy 5G shortly before the outbreak. Additionally, the specific fleet of Diamond Princess cruise ships where the most outbreaks occurred were recently launched equipped with a very robust millimeter wave antenna system beaming in 5G from satellites in orbit. (laughs) Super spooky stuff. And speaking of 5G satellites in orbit, now would be a great time to boycott all Tesla products. Sorry, those of you that own a Tesla car, I know they're kind of cool, but I personally feel we need to put some pressure on old Elon Musk for his commitment to threatening the health of every living organism on the planet with his SpaceX Starlink constellation of satellites. So far, SpaceX has received approval to launch nearly 12,000 Starlink internet satellites and recently applied to loft up 30,000 more. So, you know, the cell towers in your neighborhood, imagine those covering the sky above you. Now, the puzzling thing about this horrific Elon Musk innovation is that he's intelligent enough to understand the detrimental environmental impacts of this project, which leads me to believe that he must be a sociopath. So if you consider yourself an environmentalist, now would be an excellent time to consider the consequences of this devastating technology and to withdraw your financial contributions to his enterprise. Just my opinion. I mean, there's a lot of evils in the world, but putting 5G in space has got to be one of the worst ideas I've ever heard. And I've heard some pretty shitty ideas. One of the most disconcerting aspects of 5G is that it's known to have a detrimental impact on the world's bee population. 
And uh, folks, without bees, we're without food. As for viruses, it's a scientific fact that the various wavelengths of radiation used for cellular communication, and especially the millimeter waves used in the fifth generation of data service, are incredibly taxing to the immune system. They're equally damaging to many other biological systems critical to all life on Earth. It's really gnarly stuff. Now, I've done numerous shows on the dangers of EMF and 5G, which you can find in the show notes for this episode, and I definitely encourage you to explore them. Uh, And that said, you know, with this episode and all the episodes I've done on EMFs and 5G, I'm not about like fear mongering. I'm having a great day. I'm super happy. I'm, I'm loving life right now. But I am awake and uh, I'm awakening more and more all the time. And I like to wake other people up. I'm kind of that guy that's going to, you know, go through the party and shake all the drunk people. Uh, I don't like the fact that so many of us are lemmings and (laughs) just kind of ignorant of the things that are going on. And I'm all about building awareness. Um, That said, I kind of take all of this with a grain of salt, as we'll get into later when we talk about uh, more of the spiritual approach to all of the craziness going on in the world. There's also a website called takebackyourpower.net where you can find an incredible database of content about all things 5G as well as its connection to the virus. There's also a film of the same name which boldly explores the impacts of cellular networks and smart meters. It's a really great documentary. It came out a few years ago and it was kind of way ahead of its time. Uh, The guys that made the film now have this really robust site takebackyourpower.net again, uh, where they just have tons of content and, you know, ways that you can fight the power company to get the smart meters taken off your house and all kinds of cool stuff. Now, meanwhile, the media is uh, debating whether or not it's racist to include the country or city where the virus originated when referencing it. I mean, that's that's where we're at. Um, So as these commentators bicker over the name of this illness, by the way, rather than like trying to bring us all together to find solutions, although some of them are, of course, uh, our civil liberties are being systematically dismantled before our eyes. It's really sad, actually, to see the nation divided by the corrupt media as they politicize a legitimate pandemic. And we're going to talk about how legitimate it actually is, but based on the consequences of it, it's very legitimate. Uh, But this is where we are, man. And uh, nonetheless, we're going to come together as a society. Nonetheless, we will come together as a society and we will definitely prevail. Uh, the theme of this whole podcast is really that that goodness and love will always prevail over evil. It's really like we're living in Star Wars right now. And I'm, I'm your Luke Skywalker because I'm the best you've got at the moment. As an aside, it's also historically common to name illnesses in correlation to their location of origin, like the West Nile virus, uh, Rocky Mountain spotted fever, Lyme disease, Ebola, norovirus, and so on. So in my opinion, this is just another example of crazy-ass political correctness gone awry. Um, I imagine sometime soon we'll have to stop saying things like Irish whiskey or Alaskan king crab to avoid hurting someone's feelings. But uh, PC really isn't about feelings, to be honest. It's about control. And if you control language, you control culture. And if you control culture, you can control a population. But anyway, more on that later. I must be fair and admit it's difficult to assess uh, how many of our civil liberties, such as the ability to assemble in large gatherings, are necessary to maintain public safety. So perhaps some of these seemingly draconian 
um, laws that are being enforced around this current pandemic are actually really necessary. And maybe we'd really be screwed if we weren't locked in our homes. You don't really know. Uh, it's a double-edged sword because much of the government around the world is so corrupt. However, we must still look to the regulatory agencies and civil services to keep some semblance of safety and order amongst the populace. And of course, not every politician is corrupt. So we have to look to the authorities at times like this because they're the ones keeping social order and managing crises from the medical and services standpoint. And without some governing, of course, us wacky humans are going to default to the lowest common denominator in times of crisis. Now, my confusion around this particular event is based on many factors, including my observation that the reaction of the government and the media over this virus doesn't match the actual statistics on the infection. So there seems to be an incredible overreaction when you consider how many people are infected, especially as compared to similar viruses of the past, even the flu. I mean, according to the CDC, an estimated 80,000 people died from the flu in the U.S. alone last year for example, uh, versus 13,000 corona deaths worldwide since the outbreak. Now, I realize it hasn't been a year, so it's not a fair comparison, but um, some things about these numbers just don't add up. In other words, the response has just been really weird. Add to that the increasingly bizarre news reports and propaganda footage leaked from China at the onset of the situation and the ever-contradictory information about the origins of the virus, the stats of infection, and the onslaught of some of the world's most powerful CEOs all stepping down at the exact time of this outbreak. Pretty weird. Most notably Bill Gates, a known eugenicist, and in my opinion, one of the most creepy globalist vaccine investors and advocates alive. So when all of these CEOs are like, peace, we're out. Like, what? What's up with that? Add to that the fact that uh, despite my deep compassion for the innocent and victimized people of communist China over the ages, uh, their government has been responsible for the deaths of an estimated 80 million of its own citizens in the past century alone. That's just a staggering statistic and obviously a horrific one. So based on that fact alone, I have a hard time taking the reports coming out of China at face value without a healthy dose of skepticism, if not outright mistrust. Now, not to downplay the real dangers of this virus, because as I said, uh, this is not my area of expertise. I'm left with the sense that this is either way worse than it's being reported or it's grossly exaggerated. Uh, I don't really know. We'll find out. Now, regardless of this virus's legitimacy, since day one of this scenario, I've been struck with an overwhelming feeling that this all reeks of the classic problem-reaction-solution tactic used by authoritarian regimes throughout history to assert more and more control over a population. We're going to talk more about that when we get into the David Icke content later. By the way, before I forget, if anyone knows David Icke, I'd love to have him on the show. I'm, I'm bummed because now he's on the London Reel a lot, and that's a huge show, so people are probably hitting him up. But uh, I've been a huge fan for many, many years, going back to the reptilian agenda stuff. <laughs> if you know David Icke, you know what I'm talking about. At the time of this recording, uh, according to the LA Times, here's the stats in California. This is where I'm recording from. So right now we've got uh, 1,241 confirmed cases, 24 deaths. And what I'm curious about, and again, I don't know, I'm just asking questions here. Of those 24 deaths, 
in California. I'm curious as to how many of them would have been equally compromised by the flu or any other number of viruses. I'm open to suggestions. Uh, The current state of affairs here as I record this today uh, is that Los Angeles County last night and state officials issued a stay-at-home order to help slow the spread of coronavirus. Under this new safer-at-home rule, that sounds that just sounds so soft, doesn't it? Just safer at home, guys. It's like martial law uh, light, <laughs> right? Which it kind of is. Uh, and the new governor's order given minutes later, gatherings of 10 or more people are banned. And like I said, man, like if, if that's what we have to do to eradicate this, cool. Like I'll stay home with less than 10 people. It's not a big deal. Uh, but y- you just don't really know what's really happening here. And by the way, as I read through the rest of these orders, I don't really go out much because I don't go out much anyway, even when everything's rosy. But uh, no one's really following this shit except businesses. I mean, if you go out in LA, you'd still go, damn, there's a lot of traffic here. If you'd never been here, if you live here, then you notice things are a little off. But um, it doesn't seem like things have changed all that much. But of course, the, you know, the aftershock financially is going to be devastating. And I personally wouldn't be surprised if California goes bankrupt. But anyway, uh, back to the task at hand. Uh, For gatherings that aren't prohibited, people must be separated by at least six feet, have a hand washing station or hand sanitizer available, and post a sign notifying people uh, not to come if they have a fever or cough. And I found this out today when I went to UPS. Very tense in there. Uh, you know, yellow tape on the floor. Dude got very aggressive when I stepped two inches over the tape. You know, God bless him. I, I respect that. It'd be a tough job to have, I'm sure, in times like this. But, you know, they were, they were not playing games. The city of LA has also ordered malls, shopping centers, playgrounds, and non-essential retail businesses to close. So gyms, movie theaters, bars, wineries were ordered to close on Sunday. People can still exercise outside and go on walks or hikes. Thank God for that because I've been going on hella walks. Uh, The order went into effect at midnight and is punishable by fines or imprisonment. That's kind of gnarly. I remember during the LA riots, uh, we had a curfew and I still snuck out to go buy some weed. But um, you could have been arrested just for being in your car after dark. Like after dark, you couldn't drive. It was crazy. So yeah, let me see what else we got here. Uh, So you can still go on walks. Uh, You can still go to the grocery store and pick up food from restaurants to go orders only. You can take your pet to the vet. You can go to the doctor or the pharmacy, or you can help someone else get supplies. So you know, I mean, I guess you could just do whatever you want and be like, yeah, I'm going to get supplies for someone. So I don't know. It's a strange rule. Uh, to me, it's sort of that boiling a frog government kind of evasiveness where you put the frog in the pot, you turn on the heat and the frog doesn't know he's going to be boiled because it heats up little by little. Now, as I stated earlier, I don't feel qualified at all to speak on the virus or its containment efforts. But I can talk about some of the measures that I'm taking at home to ensure my physical, mental, and emotional health throughout this ordeal to maybe help others navigate this challenging and confusing time. As for my physical well-being, my girlfriend Alice and I have been spending much time at home with very little interaction with people from outside. We also have you know, gotten a little nutty with the alcohol spray. Uh, more so at my my suggestion. She's kind of you know humored me on this. But if we go outside or touch the mailbox or, you know, today I went and got gas and like put my hands on the gross gas pump. And, you know, you never know who's been 
blowing snot in their hand and touching that thing or whatever. So got the, I made some cool little alcohol spray and I'm spraying the hands down when there's interaction with the outside world. And uh, to be honest, really the staying home part is really dope for me. I don't like going out much anyway. And um, I've used this time to get a lot of work done and fine tune my meditation practice. I was kind of falling off my game there a little bit for a minute. Um, and I've been spending plenty of quality time with my lady, which has been awesome. And I'm just so grateful that I, I live with someone and I'm in a great relationship. It's, God, I can't imagine if I was still single, that would have been just so boring. And as I said, I like staying home alone and I'm fine with my own company, but it's actually been really fun to just hang out and at least, you know, support one another uh, and find ways to, you know, kind of laugh and, and, um, and keep our, um, keep our spirits up uh, when one's kind of down, the other one picks the other one up and whatnot. So um, I feel for you if you're one of those people that doesn't have someone. And if you are, congratulations. Uh, we're also doing daily ozone sessions to minimize the risk of any type of uh, infection dramatically. Now I do this kind of all the time. So, you know, some days I skip, but most days I'd say I take in a little ozone. Uh, right now, twice a day, uh, I put the ozone in my ears with a stethoscope. Uh, rectally with a catheter. I've, I've not been able to talk my girlfriend into that one, by the way. She's she's sticking with the ears, uh, understandably. And uh, I very carefully put it up my nose into my sinuses, also using the stethoscope. Now, here's what's up. I got to warn you, you must be very careful not to inhale ozone gas. So I do not recommend treating your sinuses unless you've received some kind of training to do so. It's It's potentially really dangerous for your lungs. Um, I also link out to two different very legit ozone generators in my site store, lukestory.com forward slash store. Uh, I use mine a few times a week, um, even when things are normal. And if you're unable to afford an ozone machine, I think they run from, I haven't looked lately, honestly, it's probably anywhere from like a thousand to three thousand dollars or something. But you can also find alternative practitioners in most mid to large size cities that offer various ozone treatments. And if I didn't have one at home, I'd be seeking this out as an option right now with great dedication. I would be finding ways to get ozone all the time. Uh, ozone is incredible for stopping the uh, all kinds of different infections, fungal, viral, bacterial, uh, parasitic, etc. Infections do not like ozone. So you know, I, I discovered ozone many, many years ago and I would have to go out to somewhere and have it done. And then I eventually just pulled the trigger and got my own unit. I think the, the one I got is kind of a homemade one. Uh, I had it tested to make sure that it's, you know, not made with cheap metals or anything like that. And it's, you know, it, it passed the test, but it's not one I would recommend. It was just kind of made by a, a kook in a garage, but it, it makes ozone and it's safe and I use it. But um, I would get one of the ones that are on my site if I was going to buy one. And I, I way overpaid for mine. I think I paid like three grand and it's, it's not official enough to be worth three grand because <laughs> you want to be able to control the, you know, the, um, the output and, you know, the concentration of ozone and things like that, because really in a clinical setting, you would be using a different concentration depending on where in your body you're putting it. I just put that shit on high and put it everywhere, which is probably not the smartest way to do it. But ozone is freaking awesome. Now, I'm also megadosing wild oregano oil and oregano juice daily by North American Herbs and Spice. 
And uh, I take their capsules with every meal, which I do most of the time anyway. I also brush my teeth with the oil uh, mixed with toothpaste. I do that almost every day as well. And wild oregano specifically is an incredibly powerful antiviral medicine. It's also antibacterial, antifungal, and antiparasitic. And uh, by the way, if you eat a lot of sushi, I would highly recommend getting on some high-quality oregano oil stat uh, due to the uh, you know, the abundance of parasites in some fish. And by the way, don't bother with the cheap stuff either. Uh, you want the wild Mediterranean varieties if possible. Now, of course, something's better than nothing. I mean, right now in this situation, if I had to get some like shit from the, you know, drugstore that was kind of fake ass oregano oil, it's still better than nothing. But the wild stuff is just completely different. And you'll find that out once you try it. I'm also doing lots of surthrival grass-fed colostrum for its incredible immune-boosting effects, as well as daily hyperbaric oxygen chambers, tons of ice baths, and of course, infrared saunas and my clear light sauna. All of those things, great for the immune system. Another great way to avoid infections, by the way, is uh, frequent tonsil sprays with the Beekeeper's Naturals Propolis Throat Spray. I have those things kind of in my car and every room in the house and times like this, or when there's a lot of people sick in general, I'm just constantly kind of taking little shots of that. And uh, it's incredible stuff and completely natural. Now on the free tip, because people always want to know what are the free ways that we can remain healthy. And I'm happy to report that the best biohacks in the world are always, always free. And that the supplements and devices are only secondary to nature and the things that God provided for us to stay well. So what I'm doing is I'm sun gazing every morning, which has been a little challenging lately because uh, it's been cloudy and rainy here in LA, which is really rare. And in the beginning of this whole thing unfolding, it rained for quite a few days. And that made it a little bit creepier because when it rains in LA, everything's just weird. It happens so infrequently that it's, it's kind of dysregulating. Good news is because I was trying to find a way around the clouds and kind of find a good outlook uh, and walking around because I'm not driving anywhere. I discovered a really dope spot around the corner from my house. This little road I thought was, a well, it is a dead end, but I thought it was a very short dead end, like someone's driveway with a couple of houses on it. And I walked up there with uh, Allison and Cookie the other day. And I was like, holy shit, this gets a perfect view of uh, the east of downtown LA. So I have a really good sun gazing spot now. So I've been doing that. And any chance during the day, I get as much of my naked body out in the sun which is, of course, amazing for your immune system. And uh, by the way, sun also kills viruses. I've also been grounding, you know, just walking barefoot as much as possible and getting lots of fresh air out of my walks with the lady and the dog and just just digging, living in the hills and kind of using it as a, as a time to uh, discover all these nooks and crannies in my neighborhood that I didn't know existed before. I'd also like to add that... Uh, the number one most powerful way to keep your immune system in order, get ready for this, this is a really techie biohack, uh, is by avoiding fear as much as possible. Yes, that's true. Negative emotions are extremely taxing on your immune system. You know, I mean, even just, you know, living in a state of anxiety, uh, hatred, rage, anger, fear, just wrecks your nervous system. When your nervous system can't drop into a parasympathetic relaxed state, uh, your body does not have a chance to heal and it's really hard on the immune system. So my approach to all of this is awareness. So I'm aware of the current events and I'm being prepared as I can for an impending crisis. 
Uh, but I'm really doubling down on my prayer and my meditations so that I can remain neutral in my perception of the ongoing events rather than getting in this duality of good and bad, etc. And really doing my best to minimize news and uh, media and, you know, looking once or twice a day, just kind of see what's going on because I don't want to be completely out of the loop. Like, you know, if they're throwing everyone in jail that takes a walk, I want to know about it. Um, you know, but other than that, I'm just really, really doing my best to stay positive and absolutely just prayers of gratitude all day long. And, you know, I was just taking a nap with with my girlfriend earlier and just telling her, God, how grateful I am for our lives and, you know, the safety of our home and for each other and just how fortunate we are. And, you know, we just had this whole gratitude download session. It was just beautiful. And I could feel my body really responding positively to that. And it was another reminder how the body really follows the mind. And so keeping your mind right in a time like this is so, so important. I mean, you can take all the vitamins you want. And if if you're sitting there sweating this out, which listen is, is understandable, no judgment if you're living in a lot of fear right now. Well, if you really <laughs> observe the media, <laughs> that's automatic. Um, you know, I understand, but woof, I just, you know, I'd love to, to, um, invite you to really put some time into meditation and prayer, uh, as a means by which to really take care of your physical health, but more on the emotional spiritual side later. Now, as for doomsday prepping, this whole fiasco has had a really positive side effect for me and that it's encouraged me to step up my emergency preparedness in general. And thanks to the highly cherished second amendment in this country, we're, uh, you know, able to be fortified with home protection as I have been for many years. And I did, however, uh, make those tools of protection a little more accessible in my home as a result of these developments. Everything was kind of tucked away and, you know, quite safe and it's still safe, but now more readily available. I lived in, L- this is what's up, like I lived in LA through the LA riots and the North Ridge earthquake in the 90s. And I got a firsthand glimpse, just a taste, you know, it wasn't that bad comparatively to some world events, but I got a taste of uh, how fast civic order can break down in times of uncertainty. And, um, you know, that glimpse of what societal breakdown looks like uh, was more than enough for me to kind of brace for looting and uh, general chaos that can ensue when people become desperate and afraid. So if things were to get worse here in LA, like I don't want to be sitting here waiting for some fool to kick my door down and come take my toilet paper. You know what I'm saying? Now, as for other supplies, I've always been uh, well-stocked on all kinds of essentials for sanitation, drinking water, and everything one would need to get through a period of power outages or lack of municipalities, et cetera, that might result here in LA, mainly from earthquakes and fires and things like that. And I have to say, one of the benefits of being a spring water forager, uh, which I've been for many years, is that I've always had like 30 to 50 gallons of water stored in the garage. And you can probably find a spring near you on the site findaspring.com, by the way, and get yourself stocked up as well if you're able to find one nearby. Get some of those big glass carboys. You can get them from a brewing company, which, of course, depending on where you live, the brewing company might be open or not. But you can also get bottles at livespringwater.com. Actually, that's even better. Screw the breweries. Those are too heavy for most people. I forgot about that. Livespringwater.com. You can get, I think they're two and a half gallon bottles. That's what I have in my kitchen. And go to findaspring.com and go stock up on some water or at least find out where the spring in your area is. They're not everywhere, but they're in many locations. 
uh, so that in the event, um, you know, the water gets shut down or contaminated or some crazy shit happens, you have some water. Uh, you know, you can you can go for a while without food, but you're going to need water pretty fast. The one essential, though, I've never been great about stockpiling is food, weirdly enough. And this is probably because I'm not a big foodie and I really don't enjoy cooking. But trust me, man, if the shit hits the fan, I don't want to be dependent on a 20-pound bag of rice and a bunch of expired sardines. So as a result, uh, even though things aren't that wacky yet, just in case, even if it's not for this thing, but maybe it's for the next thing, I recently ordered a quarter pound, not a quarter pound, I ordered a quarter pounder. I got a burger, y'all, I'm good. I ordered a quarter, <laughs> how do I say this? This is the first time I've done it. I don't even know how you explain it. I ordered a quarter goddamn cow, guys, is what I did. I got a quarter grass-fed cow from a ranch called um, Covenant Pastures up north of Bakersfield. Came highly recommended. They're super legit, really you know, like humane certified, all organic, everything grass fed. They even drink, I don't know if it's spring water, but definitely well water, super legit. So I got this quarter cow coming. I got a chest freezer coming. Um, I realized that, you know, I could have been a, a, a dollar late and whatever the saying goes, you know, I ordered this stuff and then I realized it takes a month for them to, um, to render the cow and then they have to, you know, uh, age the meat and stuff. So I talked to the the rancher a couple of days ago. So, you know, is that thing going to be down here soon? He's like, dude, it takes a while. You know, you, you, it's not just like you go grab the cow and throw it in a fridge. It's a process. Uh, so I'm, you know, I'm in advance, very grateful for um, the sacrifice of that animal. And I'm really actually quite pleased that it's coming from someone who respects the land and respects the animals and um, that that sacrifice will be made for me and not taken for granted in any way whatsoever. And uh, so that was a smart move, but uh, not as smart because I realized that in a power failure, that meat would just rot, right? And so that prompted me to buy a legit gas power generator and some, you know, like military grade gasoline storage tanks. Uh, big ups to my friend Daniel Vitalis, by the way, who's, you know, quite the outdoorsman, much more than my city-fied domesticated self for informing me that uh, gasoline actually goes bad after a year or so and it won't work. So if you want to keep it stored, you have to get this gas additive. So got that cracking. And by the way, it's also a great idea to keep a full tank of gas in your car in the event of a shit hits the fan situation. So, you know, the gas, the generator, all that stuff. Funny thing about the generator is, because I knew nothing about them, is that, you know, even the badass one, I mean, they got some really badass ones that go in your backyard and go on for days and days and cost $80,000, but you know, the ones that are around $1,000, uh, it's kind of funny because they go for, I think it's like the one I got goes for 10 hours on at a full tank, which is about six and a half gallons of gas. But like each one of those big military gas cans is only like five gallons. So I'm thinking, dude, like <laughs> what if the power goes out for a month? I mean, how much gas do you need to have? And obviously it's really dangerous to store gasoline on your property, especially if you live in a you know, an area prone to fire as I do to some degree in Southern California. So it's all a little sketchy, but I'm, I'm getting there, you know, and as I said, even if it's, you know, not for this particular scenario, it's just kind of feeling good that whether I live here or I move somewhere else that I have some of these supplies and I just, I feel like a grown ass man, you know what I mean? Like I feel more prepared. And when it comes to prepping, you know, my approach has been kind of err on the side of prudence rather than paranoia. 
And as they said in biblical times, trust God, tie up your camel. Meaning keep your head up and remain positive, avoid unreasonable fear, and then just take whatever logical steps you can to ensure your safety and the security of your loved ones in the event of an emergency. Same goes for having a few grand in cash on hand, you know, stash somewhere where you're not going to blow it when you get too lazy to hit the ATM. So as far as having to stay home and feeling like I can take care of myself, my girlfriend, our pets, I think I'm good to go for a couple of months, if not a few. Uh, That being said, in the light of this situation and the fact that 5G is rolling out, seriously, all over LA at an alarming speed, I'm not sure how long I'll really be able to hold out here. We shall see. I mean, for the moment, I'm not going anywhere, but, um, you know, in situations like this, when you're in a densely populated city that's blanketed in 5G and chemtrails, it's like, hmm, what am I really getting out of staying here other than, you know, some great friends and community and beautiful weather aside from said chemtrails. So, you know, as many of you know that have been listening to the show for a while, I've been rethinking that whole situation. But now there's two of us in the equation. I'm not solo mish and can just do whatever the hell I want, Um, you know, have to uh, think as a team. So we're going to figure that out. But uh, that's what's up with LA at the moment. It's a a strange situation, but um, could be much worse. So I feel grateful that things are, you know, relatively sane at this moment. Now I'd like to get into some of my observations about the strange circumstances of this crisis. And uh, many people have contacted me to get my take on. I'm getting a lot of DMs about uh, <laughs> about the media and all sorts of things that I'm going to cover uh, right now. Now, in terms of the ab- abnormality surrounding recent events, I'm going to add the following observations and give you a little context as to where I'm coming from. Now, you have to understand that I'm I'm for a very long time have been living, at least in terms of the information that I allow into my um, consciousness, I'm very much out of the matrix. And in fact, someone asked me the other day, they were like, because I was kind of talking about some of the insane positions taken by like extreme leftists over the past couple of years and how weird I think some of <laughs> these views are. And so the person was like, so what are you, a Republican? I'm like, oh, you don't know. You don't know me very well. Like Republican, Democrat, are you serious? Like this, you understand this is all theater. It's different faces. I'm sorry, different masks on the same face, right? Like I'm just, anyway, I'm super out there, dog. And um, so, you know, the things I'm about to say might sound strange to some of you, but I would invite you to keep an open mind and... Uh, You know, as someone who's been kind of unplugged from the mainstream narrative for a long, long time, uh, I just have, I think, what might be kind of a unique view. Although based on the level of consciousness of many listeners to this show, based on my conversations with them, meeting them in person at events and, you know, DMs on Instagram, et cetera, a lot of people are actually quite awake and people send me videos and stuff all the time. Like, damn, I've never even seen this. In fact, someone today sent me one about um, a military uh, experiment in, I think it was in the early 90s in St. Louis where the military was spraying chemicals on the populace there, one particular neighborhood um, specifically uh, as a test, like testing chemical weapons um, in the form of chemtrails and it was uh it was discovered years later and through you know the that whatever that information act thingy is that allows people to go get 
formally classified files. And someone sent me that today. I was like, wow, a conspiracy I've not heard of. That's amazing. And then I'm looking at that going, and people think that the government wouldn't spray chemtrails on you. Like, are like, wake up, dude. Seriously. Like, wake up. I just am fascinated sometimes when people still put trust in uh, these authorities. So anyway, I digress. Let me get back to the task at hand. My worldview, in other words, um, and trust in the mainstream media was changed forever when the official story of the events which unfolded on uh, 9-11-2001, you might remember that day. I remember that day so clearly, and my memory is not that hot when it comes to long-term memory. Now, unconvinced by the implausible narrative peddled by the news outlets at the time, I started to look around and I dug into the work of people like Alex Jones and David Icke and other researchers who were mostly and still to some degree written off by many as crazy conspiracy theorists. Now, at the time, uh, Jones was known for really going after corrupt Republicans like the Bushes and fighting to end wars in the Middle East and uh, specifically to expose the most deadly fake news campaign of all time the weapons of mass destruction lie, which led to the death of tens of thousands of innocent people over the past 20 years. So whether or not you agree with the views of people like Ike or Jones, and I don't know that they would you know, necessarily want to be categorized together, you know, they, they kind of have a different message, but you know, those are the two most well-known and probably loudest voices of counterculture information. It doesn't take too much intellectual prowess to see that so many of their 20 to 30-year-old predictions have actually come true in some of the most alarming ways, such as the rampant sex abuse and pedophilia in Hollywood, the Catholic Church, and even at the highest levels of governments worldwide. So, you know, think Jeffrey Epstein, Harvey Weinstein, etc. Not to mention big tech censorship, forced vaccinations, widespread police state surveillance and the push toward the end of physical currency, the geoengineering, as I mentioned before, aka chemtrails, and so many other incremental steps taken by the authoritarian elitist puppet masters who control our world banking, education, medical systems, and corporate media. So in many ways, we're living in this modern-day Orwellian dystopia. And that, to me, is difficult to admit because I'm a very committed optimist I truly want to believe that, you know, within everyone is some good. And I, and I do believe that. But uh, as I observe the world that we live in today, and after following kind of, you know, the counter narrative uh, for so many years, and that's not to say that I believe every conspiracy theory ever peddled, um, many of them are bullshit, you know, um, there's a lot of them going around right now, these crazy text I'm getting from people about like all these really wild, wild ass conspiracies around, uh, you know, the Wuhan situation and all this. And, you know, you have to take it all with a grain of salt and just, you know, again, use intuition and discernment to find what might be the truth. So back to my awakening of world events. Now, shortly after the 9-11 scam followed the documentary Loose Change, I highly recommend. And that completely dismantled the mainstream media's reporting on 9-11, you know, around such things as why did Building 7 collapse like a controlled demolition when no planes hit it? Just just that one thing. Just look up Building 7. Uh, You know, I don't know what happened just on the 9-11 tip. 
I have no idea what happened. Neither do you. Neither does anyone except the people that did it straight up. Okay. There's three sides to every side, your side, their side, and the truth, capital T. Well, capital double T, the truth. So we don't know what happened, but like, hello, where's the plane at the Pentagon? That's the thing that really got me in the beginning. Like the news was like, there's a plane crashed into the Pentagon. And then you look at the footage and go, yeah, but yeah, but there's not, (laughs) it's not a plane there, dog. There's no bodies, there's no seats, there's no fuselage, there's no wings, there's no plane, there's a hole in the Pentagon, and on and on and on. So the film Loose Change, amongst many, many others, most of them, you know, not as well made as as Loose Change, uh, kind of just really blew my lid at that point. Uh, This was followed by the documentary film Zeitgeist, which further exposed the rampant media and government corruption, and there were many more to follow, Some of them, of course, more accurate than others. Some of them kind of sensational and just like clickbait entertainment. So just like the mainstream media, I don't take all alternative media to be the gospel truth either. There is much misinformation and error, whether intentional or accidental, on both sides. It takes much discernment and really strong intuition to weed through the falsehoods in all media and get to the truth, no matter what your political leanings or how much faith you put in our corporate-owned media. You've got to do your own research and come up with your own opinions and views, which is what I do. And you know, by the way, I'm always willing to explore a different point of view once I've formed one. Like if you can come up with a video for me showing an actual plane hitting the Pentagon on 9-11, change my mind. I dare you. Try to find it. It ain't out there because it doesn't exist. You know, it's just one bit of information, nor does the plane that was supposedly crashed in Pennsylvania. We'll be right back at you after this brief but important announcement. Let's give some love to curednutrition.com, today's sponsor. Two of the products that I love that these guys make are a nootropic blend called Rise. It's got various medicinal mushrooms, herbs, ginseng, CBD. It's amazing for focus, mental clarity, clean, sustained energy. I use this stuff a lot when I'm podcasting. Actually, I love it. I'll take like probably what's an overdose, about four to six capsules, empty them out into one of my bizarre little elixirs and pound that down before I record things just like this, actually. The only thing I don't like about the Rise Nootropic blend is that I go through those bottles in like five minutes. So shout out, guys, if you're listening, send me some more, you know what I'm saying? But the one I really love, uh, because I'm always working on improving my sleep and just chilling out after I've gotten myself all hyped up with rice and various other things that I take all day, is the Zen Nighttime Blend. It's got reishi, ashwagandha, magnesium, CBD, really settles my ass down at night, helps with sleep, uh, gives you a really great enhanced dreamscape zero grogginess the next day and some people have even reported an increase of heart rate variability which is good you want that when you sleep it's your hrv now i've not tested that one because i do so many crazy things before i go to bed i wouldn't know which thing's doing what to be honest with you but i do know that when i take my zen nighttime blend i'm sleeping like a baby they also make tons of tinctures salves uh, uh, full spectrum raw oil a THC classic mint oil, canine dog treats, raw pot oil, all this kind of crazy stuff. So you definitely want to check out Cured Nutrition over at curednutrition.com. And of course, we've got a 15% discount over there. 
by using the code LIFESTYLIST. That's curednutrition.com. Check it out. And now back to the interview. But anyway, Mike Cernovich's film Hoaxed is a recent film in the same vein, which is excellent and goes on to expose our fraudulent media even further. And I highly recommend it. It provides a potent takedown of both our liberal and conservative media giants and their misleading agenda. So go check out Hoaxed. It's widely available online now. In fact, I think I'm going to watch it again on my actual TV because it's just so good. I mean, he just devastates the mainstream media. It's, it's actually embarrassing and sad because, I mean, he just catches them in just two, just two hours worth of just blatant lies and misinformation. And even that, you just, you're like, wow, how can I believe anything? Again, not that all news is untrue, not all news is fake news, but a lot of it is. Now, in the era of tech censorship, it's becoming increasingly difficult to arrive at the truth about many social issues and current events, not the least of which being this one. In preparing this manuscript, for example, for this episode, I made the error of using Google as my search engine, huge mistake, only to find much deliberate misinformation placed high in the search results to manipulate my ability to find and explore a wide range of views on the situation, specifically Uh, its possible connection to 5G technology. Like you look that up and you get all this propaganda from the big telecommunications company saying how awesome and fast 5G is. Like it's nuts. I mean, it's no shock, right? Now, thankfully, uh, despite a feverish censorship attempt by YouTube, I was able to find and watch a recent David Icke interview on the London Real Channel. Now, this video got over 1 million views in the first 24 hours and was then, of course shadow banned and buried in search results by YouTube, who is owned by the same corporate technocracy that Ike exposed in the interview. You can't make this stuff up. I wouldn't be surprised if my ass gets shadow banned just for talking about this when this video goes on YouTube. And if it does, you know what? Suck it. It's worth it. If I get two people to watch this podcast or or listen to it and then I'm cut off, at least I can die knowing I did what I can to kind of wake people up to some alternative points of view. And you got to ask yourself, like when so much effort is being spent trying to silence voices like his or someone like Alex Jones, I know a lot of people have issues with Alex Jones because frankly, a lot of the things he said, I know have been taken out of context Um, and I'm not going to get into all that. I'm not like, you know, an advocate publicly for Alex Jones or anything. I just don't like censorship, even of people that I don't like. Um, I just, it's just totalitarian and it's really dangerous. It's a very slippery slope. But when these guys get deplatformed and censored, I mean, even if you hate them, doesn't it make you wonder how much of their analysis is correct? Like, why is there so much effort to take certain people offline? Is it just because they they hurt people's feelings? Like, really? We're that fragile? I mean, seriously. I think many of us, and myself to a lesser degree than most people, were bullied a bit in school and whatnot. And um, I got my ass beat a few times just for being weird. And then I made a career being weird. So go figure. Ha ha, bullies. F you, I win. Uh, but um, seriously, we live through it, you know? So I, I really don't think it's about people's feelings. I, I really do think that when uh, agendas are being exposed by certain people, that those people get shut down. And, and I just want to just say this now on record, man. If you ever hear or see me getting shut down because I talk about something like vaccines or chemtrails or 5G or 
whatever. I'm not, you know, I'm not someone who's really political or I don't talk about politics in general. The only reason I'm even touching on these, these particular topics here is because we're in such a strange time right now. And I, I would feel dishonest if I didn't kind of raise my hand and be like, okay, I have a podcast and it's been downloaded, you know, 4 million plus times and I don't have anything to say. <laughs> you know, it just, it wouldn't be authentic. I do have something to say. And um, I fear for my own ability to speak my mind and, and give my take or just ask questions. I'm not even saying I'm right. You know, when I talk about the no plane at the Pentagon, I'm not claiming that I know what happened. I'm just saying this isn't the truth. And anyone with half a brain in many of these situations or so-called conspiracy theories, if you really have an open mind, you have to admit something just doesn't add up. So anyway off my soapbox, but I'm just, I'm so passionate about free speech because it's the way information gets spread and it's the way our culture is shaped. And without the ability to share ideas, we are going to be living um, with our minds and spirits imprisoned before long. So please stand up for the free speech of people that you don't agree with, especially, you know, it's like, well, I'll stop. I'll just say that. Pay attention to the people that get banned from the internet because there's a reason why they're being banned. I'll just say that. In this shocking interview, though, with David Icke on the London Reel, he gives his take on this whole epidemic. And this is based on his 30 plus years of research into the nefarious agenda of the world government. Now, David Icke in the past has, you know, talked about some really out there stuff. I admit there was a time where, you know, his take on this was that there was a, there were shape-shifting reptilians uh, and you know that sounds crazy, but it really doesn't to me. That's the funny thing because I know the nature of reality. I'm sitting here staring at a computer that I think is solid, and it's a bunch of atoms being spun around so fast that it makes it look solid to me. In other words, you know what we view as reality is um, a real facsimile of what's actually going on. So you know who knows. That said, until I see a reptilian shape shift in front of me, I'm going to take it as just someone's opinion. So, you know, Ike used to come out with some really wild stuff like that. And I think he lost some people. So he, he chilled out on all of that, or maybe he rethought his views. I don't know. And he's gone, you know, a little more conservative in uh, the way he presents information. But he's definitely someone who knows his history and I mean, he's, he'd be a tough guy to argue uh, with because he just, excited from the reptilian stuff, just states facts. I mean, it's like, okay, this is what happened on this year. Here's this government document that was leaked. Here's what it says. I mean, it's just, you know, it's how all of these intelligence agencies are operated and how governments use uh, crises like this one to incrementally dismantle fundamental civil liberties and to slowly erode democracy around the world to uh, centralize control. And so I highly recommend giving this video a watch. And again, uh, I will link to it in the show notes in this episode. It's David Icke on the London Reel. He's appeared on there a few times. This one specifically is about the coronavirus, you know, pandemic, but he has gone on there to talk about oppressive world governments and 5G and all kinds of crazy stuff too. I mean, not crazy stuff, just, you know, real stuff. And again, like, take what rings true and leave the rest. No one's wrong all the time. You know, and there's um, there is some value and truth, I think, in in many people's opinions, however far out they might seem. So, in summary, I have no idea what the truth is behind this whole shitstorm. Honestly, uh, I can tell you that the direction is taking us on is 
one of less individual liberty, sovereignty, and increased police state, authoritarianism, surveillance, and control. Regardless of the degree, this pandemic indeed threatens our safety, and the result is a net loss of our fundamental freedoms. How this has been achieved historically is by instilling fear into the populace. You know, fear is the emotion of control. By using Marxist tactics of separating societies into warring factions based on race, uh, socioeconomic status, sexual orientation, political party affiliation, the fear-stricken sick people and bloated corporations in control of humanity do truly seek to keep us not only disconnected from one another, but also from ourselves and our own uh, inherent power and intuition. And as I said before, not everyone in government, everyone in military, everyone that works in a corporation is evil. I just think it's part of human nature uh, for people that are very egoically driven to seek power. And the way that you multiply power is to consolidate power. And so all of these tactics of separation that are used by the media and the powers that be uh, and all the fear that's instilled in us and all the panic exaggerated by the media Uh, has a purpose. And the purpose is to consolidate power into a few corporations and eliminate small business to manipulate the economy through uh, fake inflation, booms and busts, so that the people at the top get rich and get drunk on power. And, um, you know, that's that's the bad news here, folks. And thankfully, though, just stay tuned. Don't don't hang up yet. Uh, There's plenty of good news, and we're going to take this all with a grain of salt. And um, also in terms of, you know, how much of this this virus issue is real and it is, you know, a health concern, and it obviously is. I mean, people are sick, people are dying, and, uh, you know, that's not good. So the government must do something. So I'm not... I'm not paranoid. This isn't a tinfoil hat moment where I'm thinking, just let everyone die. Government shouldn't do anything. I'm just observing the incremental, uh, you know, disintegration of our liberty over time. And even going back to 9-11, you know, one of the most terrifying results of 9-11 was the Patriot Act. And for those of you that don't know what that is, the boil down of it is under the Patriot Act government agencies can come arrest and imprison you without a trial. I mean, straight up. Now they, they, you know, they don't tend to use it, but it's there just kind of percolating in the background. And so um, in situations like this, it's not that I don't think people are sick or I don't think the threat is real. Like I said, I'm, I'm using that, you know, I don't use hand sanitizer because it's incredibly toxic and causes cancer, but I'm using alcohol and all the things that I'm doing and I'm, you know, I'm following the rules, man. I'm not going out. I'm, I'm actually probably one of the, better behaved citizens of Los Angeles. I'm not breaking any of the damn rules. I, you know, I respect law and order and I respect law enforcement. I respect the military. Um, and I know there's corruption in, in all of these organizations and factions of government from the top to the bottom. But um, I also believe in living in a society that has some unity and it takes someone at the top governing Um, in our current state of consciousness as humankind to keep that order. And uh, one day perhaps we'll evolve into a higher species that lives in a more egalitarian structure. But for the time being, this is kind of the top-down power structure. And 
Uh, I like to talk about the power structure and really point out its flaws in an effort that perhaps we can elect people that have integrity and that the system can be uprooted. And that's really part of the good news is that the changes that we're seeing politically and everything that's going on in the world, I think so many people have just freaked out in the past three years in the United States and are just, you know, completely turned over. And it's, um, to me, it's kind of a cognitive dissonance or Stockholm syndrome where everyone's so used to the status quo and, you know, they know who their controllers are. They know who their masters are. And when there's a new slave and slave master in town, um, you know, orange man, it's like, oh my God, it's the end of the world. It's like, no, it's, it's good. This is showing us like how fucked up things were. <laughs> like people were so disoriented and, and so dissatisfied. They were like, let's try this crazy shit, you know, and this is what we get. And so it's an opportunity now for us to seize the moment and really look at a different way of doing things uh, in a way that's 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 more fair and that's more kind and that has more respect for the environment and and one another and just all life on earth and um, one that is more about togetherness than separation and all of those things that I know you want if you listen to the show. I mean, I know you're with me. Otherwise, you would not dig the content I'm putting out. I mean, not that you have to agree with everything, you know, that I just put forth. Um, this is all just my opinion and my observations, of course. But uh, I know that you're someone who's spiritually minded if you listen to this show on a regular basis. And if you're new to the show and, um, and you don't know that, keep listening and you'll learn. So uh, I'm hopeful that times like these will bring out the best in people like you and people like me and give us a more broad perspective in terms of what's possible for the way that our societies are handled and to find a place of uh, middle ground and neutrality where we can perhaps be less polarized in terms of our uh, political views and actions and the laws that we make and enforce and who we put in charge and all of these things. So when things get upended, to me, that's always good news, man. It's like if you've ever had a garden, I've tried to garden a couple of times and, uh, you know, you get, a, you get a couple of blooms out of it and then it kind of just starts, you know, growing over and it gets all weedy and the soil kind of dies and you think, oh, this sucks. You know, I have no more food. But what that does is it instigates you and gets you to go out there and dig it up again and, you know, do it right to fix everything that's broken. In other words, when something's broken, people are more motivated to fix it. And the status quo has definitely been upended in the past couple of years. And this situation going on now is just bananas. It's just insane what we're seeing uh, in the world. And so rather than being in fear, I'm excited about what's to follow. So that's the beginning of the good news. Uh, more good news is that the law of polarity exists in our universe. I think that's what I'm trying to say. So as the powers that be tighten their grip on humanity through whatever means they can, as we're now seeing, they're also clearly in the middle of a massive uprising. You know, the collective consciousness of humankind is waking up big time. So the darker the shadow, the brighter the light, as they say. With the rise of independent media like this podcast and, and others like it and YouTube channels and blogs and social media, we are as a species in an awakening like no other time before, man. It's exciting. I mean, you think the 60s were awesome? Uh, we're about to blow that out of the water. Maybe not musically. I'm not that hopeful. <laughs> I mean, you know, I find a couple of good songs on Spotify, but there, where's Jimi Hendrix? You know what I'm saying? That's the part of the 60s I'm waiting for. 
But anyway, you, you have to acknowledge, you know, more and more people are exploring the realms of consciousness through practices like yoga, breath work, plant medicines, psychedelics. I mean, people are waking up, folks. I remember years ago going to New York and trying to find, you know, New York City and trying to find, yes, it's gone back like 10, 11 years, just trying to find organic food in a yoga studio was almost impossible, you know? And then you go there now and it's like, there's a yoga studio on every corner, sound baths, breath work, all kinds of stuff going on. People are really looking for answers. And that's exciting because the answers are there for those who seek. And we really live in the most extraordinary time, I believe in human history. We're being given a choice in each moment to succumb to the lower states of consciousness, of fear, despair, jealousy, envy, anger, resentment. And the powers of evil, greed, and selfishness thrive on our fear. And it's by the fear that they can manipulate us into forgetting how powerful indeed we are. And so I personally have to continuously remind myself that there is truly no power in the universe above unconditional love. I mean, you've got to hear that. You have to understand the power of love. It sounds like airy fairy, you know, unicorns and rainbows, but, (laughs) you know, you just look at what someone like Gandhi was able to accomplish using the higher states of consciousness and unconditional love. This dude almost single-handedly defeated the most powerful empire in the world with that principle to manifest peace and a sense of security and well-being within myself, I must especially practice compassion and love for the very people that I'm talking about that seek, whether through ignorance or intention, to destroy humanity and our way of life through their own pathologically blind selfishness. Forgive them for they know not what they do, for example, is a powerful principle to apply from this perspective. You know, each one of us, no matter how deprived and repulsive our behavior is, is merely doing what we deem to be right at any given time. Every evil dictator and vile criminal is doing what they see as the most effective way to get what they want in each moment of transgression. Just as I, in my moments of weakness and ignorance throughout my own life, wholeheartedly believed I was taking the most appropriate action to achieve what I thought would provide me with the desired outcome. I've never done anything wrong because I knew it was wrong. Everything I've done wrong in my life, every mistake I thought was the, it was the best idea I could come up with at the time. You know, as they say in, in, um, in, in a program, they say it's my best thinking that got me here. When I got sober, it was like, <laughs> I'm out of ideas. Like the, every brilliant idea I ever had ended my ass up in rehab. You know, that's when I, I really had my come to Jesus moment, so to speak. Um, well, really not even so to speak. I mean, not that I came to Jesus, but I came to God because I realized how dumb most of my ideas had been because they were all based on um, animal desires and drives. And, you know, it was just completely in the quagmire of an egoic state of consciousness. And I really thought I was pretty smart, man, back in the day. And this is true of everyone that does wrong or does evil. They're literally doing the best they can. We as humans simply act out patterns based on trauma we've endured throughout our lives. Uh, You know, as a former teacher of mine was fond of reminding me, hurt people, hurt people. He used to always say that to me, Luke, hurt people, hurt people. And that's how he would help me to find compassion for 
people that had hurt me, whether in, in present life at that time or in my past, and to find a path to forgiveness and also a path to forgiveness for myself when I made mistakes and hurt people inadvertently. Just from my lack of consciousness and awareness, I had been hurt and I was acting out my patterns of trauma and hurting people without meaning to, you know, and having, a, having an honest sense of remorse, but then getting caught up in the guilt and self-condemnation because I thought that I was a bad person. You know, it was, it was not a moral issue. It's just patterns of trauma being acted out over and over again on the world stage. And, and you see this in our leaders of all stripes, all of them. You know, uh, the ones that are especially sick, <laughs> too. And this is, uh, you know, this is the human condition. It's that, that we get hurt by perpetrators. And if we don't find a spiritual solution to that trauma and we don't heal it, we are destined through inertia and through the programming of, us, of our subconscious minds to act out uh, those very same transgressions and um, behaviors on other people. So this point of view, though, that I'm talking about, because uh, I know to some people, they're, they're going to think, so you, you just forgive everyone? You know, I'm not ready to do that. Well, well, me either. So this must not be mistaken for giving license to or permission for wrongdoing or behavior that would otherwise cause harm. Its position is instead to gain a deeper understanding of what really motivates people and governments and corporations for that matter to partake in actions and practices that are so flawed and destructive from a higher place of awareness. In other words, you know, how can we view some of the things that we would condemn as evil from a different point of view and to be able to understand the bigger picture so that we can not only heal individually, but also heal on the collective. You know, forgiveness is for the sinner, not for the sin itself. Where there's wrongdoing, there surely must be appropriate consequences. And karmically speaking, there always are, whether or not we see them in this lifetime or not. No one's getting away with anything, folks. You know, every hair on your head shall be counted, as has been said. And in the heart and mind of every person lies the capacity for both good and evil. And it's in this choice that we, as a uniquely gifted species, are provided with this rare karmic opportunity to rise above the lower states of consciousness and evolve as souls, as spirits. This is what earth school is all about, man. And uh, really what a pointless existence it would be should we not be afforded the full spectrum of human experience from the darkest of dark to the most divine light from which to shape our destinies. I mean, what would be the point, right, of incarnating into a human body if there were no lessons to learn, no means by which to advance and grow to the next level of evolution, it's as though uh, we need the dark to merge toward the light. On the physical plane of existence, duality is necessary to maneuver our way upward and onward out of our individual and collective suffering. In other words, we need choice. We need contrast. Otherwise, there's nothing to work with. You know, it's, it's this naivete of thinking that this world is not supposed to have evil or supposed to have any problems and that we should all be sitting around singing kumbaya. It's like, what would be the point of incarnating onto earth if there were no lessons to learn? And if you didn't have options in terms of how you operate, we're given free will by the thing that created us. 
And we can work our way up or down the levels of consciousness based on the decisions and choices that we make. Without those choices, there would be no point to human life. So this is why I'm accepting of and understanding of the existence of evil and famine and disease and all of the things that we humans and so many other living things uh, tend to suffer from, you know, suffering and pain and misfortune and death and illness. These are all parts of life for a reason because within them are the true nuggets uh, for growth. These are the opportunities we have to evolve. I mean, God, when I look at my own life, I am so grateful for the abuse that I endured, for the years of addiction and mental health issues that I had, and just just all of the harm that I did myself <laughs> for so many years. And the only thing I'm not grateful for is the harm I did other people. And I'm, I'm working as hard as I can. And part of me doing the work that I do now is to make up for the mistakes that I've made. And, and I hope I'm doing an okay job of it. But I'm grateful for all of the challenges that I've been through, um, however painful they were, because that's, that's like why I am the man I am today. And I'm someone that I'm really starting to like. Which is take, I'm 49 right now, man. It's taken me a long time to be able to even say that without throwing up. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm exaggerating, but I like myself a lot of the time and uh, I didn't used to. And so the person that I'm becoming is a net result of all of those painful experiences that I endured through my life because. I've been fortunate enough and blessed enough to be able to apply spiritual principles to my experience and use all of those negative experiences to grow and to evolve and to change and to make me who I am. So, you know, what we're fortunate enough to witness and participate in right now is, in my opinion, a real awakening on the earth plane of reality. You know, these old systems of oppressive control are spilling out of their concealment due to the nature of and the speed with which information now travels. Even the most ordinary folks can bear witness to the emperor without his clothes via shared ideas uh, on independent media like this. It's like, think about it. You could start a podcast right now and talk about whatever you want. I mean, at, at least while we have the degree of free speech that we have, as I said before. But right now, you know, unless you get too crazy, your ass won't be cut off and you'll, you can have a mic and say what you want to say. But like any time we're abruptly shaken into wakefulness, it can be very unsettling, if not somewhat jarring to our equilibrium. It's important to remember that order always follows chaos and vice versa. All life is energy and energy is in a constant state of flux. It's the cyclical you know, nature of life. It follows this cyclical nature of energy. So any experience we now face, including this imminent crisis, will eventually transmute into something new. And through our collective consciousness, our intentions and righteous action, we can actually impart our highest will to manifest a change toward a positive evolution rather than regressing to those old patterns of negativity and pain. And this can be done not only on an individual basis, as I've just described in my own life, but on a collective, and it starts with each one of us. Consciousness is manifested by humankind. It's forever on an upward trajectory toward God, its ultimate creator. Our choice then lies in our ability to maintain inner neutrality 
from the perspective of our witness consciousness. And that's what meditation does for you, you know, to, to know that the world we see is truly an outpicturing of our internal projection of reality. We don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we see it. I'm going to say that again. We don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we see it. Or as Wayne Dyer simply stated, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Sounds cute and kind of corny, but it's really true. Through cultivating our capacity for love and truthfulness, we grow in personal power, which is then expressed in the collective. And for this reason, we find such profound futility in fighting evil and darkness with anger and hostility. It doesn't work. Meeting aggression with aggression, we're sure to run in circles, only to end up back in the original location of our discontent. It's like fighting fire with fire. It just creates more fire, right? Uh, you know, like fighting for peace. Why doesn't that work? Because <laughs> you're using a lower state of consciousness to achieve the desired goal. Now, equally ineffective is the tendency we humans have to try and exert control and change over our outer circumstances and the people around us without changing who we are as individuals. This beautiful fact is so plainly stated in the brilliantly simple statement, be the change you wish to see in the world, which, by the way, has been historically and incorrectly credited to uh, Mahatma Gandhi. Now, as accurate and profound as that statement, uh, what he said goes even further to illustrate this universally applicable truth. Here's the, here's the real quote right here. Gandhi said, We but mirror the world. All the tendencies present in the outer world are to be found in the world of our bodies. If we could change ourselves, the tendencies in the world would also change. As a man changes his nature, so does the attitude of the world change towards him. This is the divine mystery supreme, a wonderful thing it is, and the source of our happiness. We need not wait to see what others do. I mean, damn, son, that's it. Isn't that great? I mean, that's just so true. And the same sentiment was powerfully conveyed by the Indian saint Ramana Maharshi when he exclaimed, there is no point in trying to save the world you think you see because such a world doesn't even exist. And this means to me that our inner reality is created solely by our perception of our outer circumstances. So when you think about all of the things going on in the world right now, we think we know what's going on. We have an opinion about it, whether it's right, whether it's wrong, what's true, what's false. All of this is projection. And much of our projection is based on programming that's been instilled in us by media and by the education system. So it's like our opinions don't even really come from us most of the time. We build them out of inputs that we receive from the time we're born. However, with this framework of truth, I'm able to reconcile much of my discontent with the current state of human affairs. You know, what I just talked about basically before earlier and my grandiose opinions about like the way things should be. I think the world should be like this. I mean, if you go on Twitter, you see a lot of this, right? Everyone, everyone's solving the world's problems. Everyone's an armchair, you know, president, etc. Now, when I find myself enraged over the grievous crimes perpetuated on the earth and its inhabitants, such as chemtrails and electrosmog, or even like the heinous crimes of human trafficking and child abuse so rampant in our society, I must remember 
that this is all part of the universal master plan and that from my very limited perspective as one single point of consciousness, I cannot fully see the big picture and the real purpose of the entire spectrum of human experience. In other words, my real and unlimited power lies in my ability to rectify and uplift my thoughts, my emotions, and my actions to the highest good, and to really just take responsibility for my own healing and integrity. And personally, as I record this podcast and everyone that I ever do and any content I put out in the world is my dharma. And my dharma is very simply to share truth and express love to the best of my knowledge and ability. And within each of us lies the ability truly to transmute negativity into positivity. If we can systematically uncover and remove the falsehoods that obscure our vision of the ultimate reality, which is God. I mean, that's it. That's everything you see is God. For people that, you know, can't find God, I always say, well, you know, that's because it can't not be found. (laughs) God, there is nothing that's not God. Uh, Another way to say it is if, if you can't find God, guess who moved? So just as when clouds are present, the sky, right? It doesn't mean that the sun no longer exists. It's not like the sun's gone. Uh, In the same way, when we're under the spell of our own misguided perceptions and negativity, it doesn't provide proof that God isn't there or doesn't exist. There's just something in the way. Uh, What we're faced with is the challenge of our ability to see God through the clouds of falsehood and to work diligently to remove the shadows that erode our faith. It's about the obscurity of God. It's about the things that are in the way, our preconceived ideas, our pride, um, our shame, our guilt, our trauma, our misguided thinking. Those are the things that keep us from having that experience of faith in times that we're experiencing now, for example. It's like, God, am I going to die? I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Right, right? I mean, all fear really, if you trace it back to its core, is a fear of death. It really is. You can play this game I learned from Dr. David R. Hawkins when you're afraid of something. You go, okay, if this happens, then what? Well, then this happens. If that happens, then what? Then what? Then what? It's the then what game. And anything you're afraid of, even public speaking, let's just, I'll give you an example of something that I sometimes am afraid of. I mean, I fake it really good, but I get nervous when I go on stage, especially as the, the crowds get a little bigger over time. Uh, you know, one day I was in a Tony Robbins event, like 12,000 people, and I was kind of practicing a manifestation technique and imagining myself being announced, you know, as one of his guest speakers. And you guys, no, uh, <laughs> I can't do a Tony Robbins impersonation right now. I'm totally not in that zone, but you know, Tony, right? Uh, uh, oh God, what does he always say? I can't believe I'm forgetting. It's so funny. I've been to enough of his events, but anyway, I was imagining myself and here comes my friend Luke story. Like imagine myself coming out to this roaring crowd to, to share my truth. And I was like, oh my God, it's terrifying. I hope that never happens, you know, in a way, because then I have to face those fears. But anyway, back to the, then what? So say, you know, you're afraid to go on stage. What's going to happen? Well, I'm going to be laughed at or ignored or disrespected. And then what? then I'm not going to have any friends. Then what? Then I'm not going to get paid to do what I do, which is speak. Then what? Well, then I'm not going to be able to buy any food. Well, then what? Then I'm going to starve. Then what? Then I'm going to be evicted from my apartment or my house. Then what? Well, then I'm going to have to go live under the freeway. Then what? I'm going to be, uh, 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 you know, um, 
faced with uh, predation or, um, you know, bad weather, et cetera, and on and on and on. You know, all of these fears are just the animal body trying to protect itself and the mind making up all these plans and schemes by which to keep the body alive. So through our continued spiritual work and in the expansion of our ability to surrender to the really boundless love and infinite wisdom of our creator, we can clear away those blocks that prevent us from living at peace in the chaotic world in which we find ourselves right now. I mean, that's just it, guys. I, I, I wish I had a better answer for you. Again, going back to my, my time in rehab when I woke up the, the morning after I checked myself in going, what, what the hell? What did I do? <laughs> I went to the counselor and I said, hey, I'm, I, well, I don't know. I think I made a mistake. I don't know what I'm doing here. I mean, do you guys, do you have anything you can give me? I'm, I'm in real bad shape. And they said, well, we're, we're not going to give you any drugs, son, but uh, we can teach you how to pray. I mean, seriously, that's all they had for me. No Dilaudid, no Valium. Oh, no, uh, what are those opiate patches they put on you? None of that. It was like, pray. Holy shit, you got to be kidding me. And that's kind of my message to you listening today is that the only way around this is through it. The only way around it is through it. And when it comes to times of unrest and uncertainty, like we currently face, my practice has always been to remember, don't fight the darkness, make the light brighter. And just as hurt people hurt people, so to healed people, heal people. And so with that, I'm going to continue my commitment to act as a healed person and to help illuminate the path for those that wish to follow. And, you know, God bless the ones that don't and that find a different path to follow. Not one path is the right path. All roads lead to the same hilltop. You know, all windows uh, to God, uh, end up in the same mansion. You know, there's a lot of paths, but the path that I've found is one that's being forged daily, and uh, it's one that works. You know, I'm living proof that that one can overcome um, great adversity, and one can change. I mean, I used to be a really unhappy kind of, I was kind of a dick. I was not a great person, and you know, some might argue that I'm I'm not now, but I don't think many. Uh, would, you know, a couple of trolls out there maybe would disagree with that. But by and large, I really know that I'm, I'm a powerful uh, and positive influence on the world, however large or small that influence might be. And really, you know, as I start to close this up, the most powerful tool that I rely on, and I talked about this earlier, but especially in challenging times like this is prayer. And if that's not something you currently practice, I highly encourage you to give it a shot. And the funny thing about prayer is that it works even if you don't believe it will work. I learned that early on when I, when I first started praying. I thought, this is so stupid. What, some invisible man is going to like come out of the clouds with a beard and solve my problems? You got to be freaking kidding me. And, uh, you know, because I was desperate enough and humble enough to give it a shot and I was put in a position where I had no other options, I just did it. <laughs> and it started to work. And I thought that was so fascinating that, that my problems improved and that I was able to access power to overcome so many of my challenges, even though I didn't think it was going to work. And another principle that never fails to put things in perspective for me is gratitude. You know, I've been taking a lot of time to be thankful, 
that this thing isn't worse than it is uh, and to acknowledge how blessed I am to have my basic needs met and to be surrounded by people I love. I know so many people in the world right now obviously have way worse conditions, especially those in the affected areas of China and other hard hit locations around the world. Um, you know, things are rough for a lot of people. And so I'm mildly inconvenienced and, um, you know, have a little bit of anxiety and I'm not quite sure what's going to happen and, you know, where I'm going to end up and what's going to happen in this city and things like that. But the gratitude is what grounds me like, man, I'm sitting here recording a podcast right now. Life is good. You know, um, I'm fine. And, and remaining grateful for that is really good medicine. So with that, y'all, I'm going to uh, get ready to sign out. I'd like to uh, just tell you, man, stay safe out there and remember that together we can overcome any challenge, but in separation, we lose our purpose. You know, together we have unity and there's so much power in unity. So now is a time, especially politically, man, for all of us to put our differences aside and just remember at least in this country. Um, I know people around the world listen to this and you have your tribe wherever you are, but, you know, speaking to my fellow Americans, man, like, you know, there's been a lot of division um, at the hands of many sources. And uh, now is the time to really just be neighborly and chill and really be there for one another. And I think if we can do that and all work together, we can overcome this and any other adversity that we're faced with in the coming years. And uh, I want to give my sincere blessings to anyone that's been injured or especially anyone that's perished as a result of this virus. And, um, you know, Godspeed to all of you. And thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I had no idea this was going to be um, such an uh, an epoch <laughs> of a share, uh, but it is what it is. I guess I had some things to say. I've been storing it up since this thing unfolded. So I want to thank you so much for listening. Uh, and if you benefited from this episode, please share it with someone you love or someone who's uh, confused and disoriented in this uh, time we face now. And uh, I also want to invite you to visit lukestory.com slash newsletter to join uh, that newsletter and get show notes for episodes just like this sent to you every week. You can also text the word lifestylist to the number 44222 on any US phone. And I'm going to send you uh, everything I got every Tuesday. I'm very respectful of the email list. Uh, I do not spam. I do not share emails. I hate spam. Like, honestly, I don't use the word hate often because it's a negative word, but. Yeah, spam bums me out, so I would never do that to you. I'm going to send you really high-quality content, and that's it, and that's all. Now, for this episode, you can also find the show notes and a complete transcript of this episode at lukestory.com forward slash corona. Uh, it's also due that we thank our sponsors. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to sit here and do this right now, honestly. So I want to thank Comrade Socks, uh, comradesocks.com for their badass compression socks. I know it sounds kind of weird, but these things are so rad, uh, not only for travel and air travel, but for just standing up. So every time I do any speaking or I'm gonna be standing around for a while, I'm wearing these damn socks. Comradesocks.com, 20% off using the code Luke. Beekeepers Naturals, oh sweet. I didn't realize when I was talking about their propolis spray that they were one of the sponsors in this episode because I just got to the bottom of the notes. BeekeepersNaturals.com. The uh, audience discount code there is Lifestylist and it's 15%. And then uh, let's thank our friends uh, at Cured at CuredNutrition.com. 
And at curednutrition.com, the code LIFESTYLIST saves you 15% off. These guys have some great CBD products, medicinal mushroom products, uh, some great nootropics. Actually, you know, it's funny. I took a crap load of their nootropic product and God, I didn't take enough to remember what it's called. Forgive me. I think it's called Awake. It's the daytime one. Anyway, you'll find all of my sponsors and all of the discount codes, by the way, at lukestory.com forward slash store. It's a great way to support your health and support really high integrity companies that are making uh, products that, you know, are, are helping uh, you, family members and, uh, and me. I take all the stuff and use all the stuff that I uh, run ads for on the show. In fact, if I didn't, I would not take the money. I really would not. I just can't do it. Or just even if something's just whack. I've had a lot of people approach me uh, and want to pay me decent amount of money these days uh, to read their ads on the show. And if I don't believe in the product, I ain't doing it. So you have my commitment there. Again, you can find all of those products at lukestore.com forward slash store where you'll get yourself some great discounts and um, help fund the operation here. So thank you so much again for listening. And we'll be back again on Tuesday with uh, the father and son Perlmutter duo, where we're going to talk about some crazy ass uh, practices and facts around brain health. And with that, I will bid you adios. Adios.